Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome to Right on Radio. Yes, we have a great guest for you today. But first, before I bring him on, I do need to make a retraction in the introduction I did with Jesse on the last program. And the retraction is not the name she was given, <laughs> but the retraction was her personal availability. I had to dodge hellfire right after the broadcast last time. And it didn't come from Jesse. It came from her bridegroom. So take that, <laughs> take heed in that. But listen, I, I, I'm going to bring on Sean and then Sean, I have a really super spiritual question for you that I just thought of. So let me, let me just give a bit of an intro. Sean Stone is a filmmaker, a media host, actor, poet, speaker, and above all, a truth seeker and spiritual activist. And Sean, as I'm just sitting here, I couldn't help but think one thought. You've accomplished so much. You've been in some films. You've done so much. Is this what it's like to live life being that good looking? <laughs> I definitely don't feel it right now. I got my, uh, my COVID cut. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> getting shaggy well i just hate the idea of having to go to a barber and wear a mask so i'm trying to find my barber that doesn't allow that doesn't force you to wear a mask but she hasn't responded to me so <laughs> the last time i got a haircut was in australia last year <laughs> yeah my uh i've been going to the same sorry jesse i've been going to the same person for you know decades and uh you know as soon as this thing hit she sent a message to all her customers how serious she was gonna take it and i'm going oh now I'm going without a haircut. <laughs> right. <laughs> the insanity continues. Right. <laughs> sure does. And in the new, we'll say the new world order, which is one of our topics we're going to explore today. <laughs> yeah. So, Sean, you've got a documentary that's coming out soon called Best Kept Secret, and it dives into a lot of the different facets of what we're calling the new world order. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with just where the mind control or do you want to get into, you know, which areas or, or even start with where we are in present day? Sure, sure. Well, uh, gosh, where to begin? Where to begin? Let's start with mind control, because I think most people are, are living with it right now. Um, it's under the guise of this, you know, so-called pandemic, which we call plandemic since last year. My friend Mickey Willis did that great uh, two-part documentary series, Plandemic. And uh, that's a good place to look at mind control for the masses, because, you know, I've been looking at mind control since, let's say, the 90s, really late 90s, early 2000s. And I always tell people, I'm like, you know, why? why do I have a certain orientation into this world? It's not necessarily that I have like an insider perspective. That's what people, a lot of people misunderstand. They're like, oh, you're a Hollywood insider. You know, you must know all the secrets. And I'm like, no, it's not that I know any particular secrets about Hollywood and like, you know, whether or not they have how much the military is involved with, you know, Hollywood studios and the, the intelligence community and all this. I don't know the details, but I do know is that media as a whole is owned by a few corporations that have a very particular agenda and you've seen it you know across 
you know, across time in Hollywood, even alone, just Hollywood alone, how we've seen it go from movies essentially that were made by artists, by filmmakers like my father, you know, who, you know, could still basically tell stories like JFK at a certain time in history to the place now where it's like total corporate ownership of the studio system. Right. And the corporations that have an agenda and essentially their bias, as we've seen, it's towards, you know, whether it's big pharma, whether it's big military, you know, uh, illegal dr drug trafficking of the illicit sort. And, you know, again, the, the pharmaceutical sort, um, they have, you know, a social engineering agenda. Right. And this is what we see playing out through Hollywood. So where I started to understand a lot of this stuff was in the 90s when uh, I was a kid. It, Growing up, just watching, just watching, you know, the news, but with a certain understanding of okay, editing, right? When you understand how to edit, you understand that, you know, you choose what actually appears on a screen. That changes everything, right? Because now it's no longer, um, and we sell this over time later, where it's like, you know, Anderson Cooper is in front of a green screen and they pretend like it's Iraq. But the point is that what's on that screen has been framed and scripted to serve a certain agenda, right? And the more you understand about how editing works and how uh, basically hypnosis through repeti and repetition, right? The idea of just repeating the same message, you know, repeat the idea of fear, you know, whether it was the 90s, it was, you know, fear of, you know, you name it, Saddam Hussein, um, you know, crime, uh, you know, poverty, drugs, you name it, right? Then it's like, then it shifts with 9-11, the, the, this narrative shifts to terrorism, the war on terror, fighting, you know, fighting these jihadists, and it's like, whatever the screen puts in your face and basically then you know like big brother in 1984 whatever it's like on that screen and then repeats over and over to you for hours a day that is a form of mind control that's that is how you control masses of people so the more you understand well wait a minute who's scripting this right and you start to look at the agenda of you know again the major corp the major global corporations that are profiting from this entire you know from this entire thing including the commercial airspace between so it's like we're going to freak you out and then stay tuned three for three minutes of big Macs and and drug <laughs> ads and you know and car ads and it's like and then come back to you know more fear and more you know uh, uh terror of you know the outside world you know the, the bad guys outside you know in, in next door in mexico or in you know in, in countries you never heard of like afghanistan right like the bad guys are out there waiting to attack you so we understood how this was a mind controlled game um and for those of us like myself who studied history and started to understand the deeper context and the deeper understanding of ca uh, cause and effect so that you can no longer be freaked out and frightened when things happen because you start to realize well wait a minute afghanistan didn't just appear out of nowhere in 2001 there's a history in afghanistan there's a history of u.s intervention and and you know the russians invading because the u.s was trying to destabilize russia from afghanistan and then we're backing the same jihadists that now are supposedly the enemy so you start to study these things you start to lose fear as you educate yourself and expand you expand your awareness so you know i guess the, the lineage for me was again understanding how media as an instrument of propagating certain ideas that are ultimately meant to keep people in conditions of of fear of trusting you know the big brother whether it's you know the new world order government you know the, the whoever it may be that's in charge at the time you know really it was whether it was bush or clinton or obama it was always the same agenda essentially which was just like this warmongering imperialism everyone you well know, they're every, all in the same club Exactly. Yeah. All the same CFR globe, you know, uh, Council on Foreign Relations Club and, you know, going to the Bilderberg conferences and going to Davos, the World Economic Forum, and basically just sitting around going like, yeah, we want to uh, help humanity by basically, you know, taking the money out of the hands of, of the middle class and working class and giving it to the corporate elite because 
because you know they actually know how to run things we don't really trust the people to actually have power and empower themselves so you see that and it just becomes more and more clear to the place where something like covid comes along and it's like come on it's like this is even the first coronavirus you guys are rolling out this is like what how many dozens of iterations of coronaviruses have we seen now and so you're and just, maybe the le least lethal as well <laughs> i mean who knows at this point covid is yeah. cured because it's cured cancer it's cured uh diabetes it's cured heart disease it's cured pneumonia it's cured the gone. everything that killed people before and by the way as like you know as, as even um tony robbins is coming out saying it was great it's like no one has in, there's no increased deaths since covid happened so you can't sit there and tell me it's a pandemic because there's no extra deaths in the world it's just you know in some countries there's even less so it's just madness. Well, Sean, I want to get back to the media part because that really you really have a background in, and I think the audience can learn a lot. And you know, there's one saying that that we've had in the marketing field: if it's on TV, it's real. And the one thing that's amazing, and yeah, there's six corporations to control, but there's so many subsidiaries that it goes down to local, and then we have the Hollywood studios, and and you have the messaging coordinated between pharma, between uh, well, the democratic left, you know, or the left around the world and, and all these things that, and on each and every talking point, they're in lockstep. And I'm absolutely fascinated how they coordinate that. Do you have any insight into that? Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's things that we've seen, for example, like the Sinclair broadcasting talking points where they literally sent the, um, the script around to all their network affiliates, which is like hundreds of different channels. And that's why they're all saying the same thing. There's a deeper layer. So I've heard this. I've, you know, I, I used to work with Tyrell Ventura on watching the Hawks and RT and Tyrell had a little bit of experience with, I can't remember if it was MSNBC or one of those networks because his dad, Jesse Ventura had a show for some period of time in the Iraq war era. And his dad ultimately, you know, moved, transitioned out because he was so anti, you know, anti-war and not falling into line with their talking points. And then he went on to make conspiracy theory, which I ended up joining them as an investigator for that show. But Tyrell was talking about how they- That's they right. Get yeah, that's right. That was a great show, by the way. Yeah, Conspiracy Theory was awesome. Um, so Tyrell was talking about how there were like talking points that were sent out to all the major affiliates, right? So if you're an NBC, uh, CBS, uh, Fox, you know, um, CNN, I'm sure, like they were basically getting these sort of like, these are the major five stories or 10 stories that we want you to do today, right? And even in my experience with alternative media, I've seen it where it's like, there's editors. That's what people, the reason we call the show Buzzsaw, there was, you know, a show that we did for five years, Tyrell and myself. And then I went in to just do it by myself with Gaia. And it was Buzzsaw because there was a great book called um, Into the Buzzsaw, I believe, back in the late 90s, around 2000, early 2000s. And my dad was featured, you know, featured in it because it was basically journalists who were telling stories that were censored by their editors, right? So there was like the TWA Flight 800 story. My dad was going to produce something on and years go by. Recently, I saw that there was a TWA 800 documentary that did go into the fact that there was something that took it out. Like, I think it was a missile or something to that effect. But we had heard, we had known about this for a long time. Disney, which owns ABC at the, at the time and probably still does, killed the project, you see? So that documentary couldn't get made. And so journalists like, the one that was working on that that project with my father and others wrote a book called Into the Buzzsaw as journalists saying, look, 
we have covered these stories, our editors, the editor class killed them, right? The editors or the, you know, the execs that basically are the ones saying, you cannot go there, right? So when, you know, great example is like Gary Webb, Gary Webb was the journalist that broke the whole dark alliance thing in the 90s, right? The Contra cocaine and how the, the cocaine trafficking that was CIA approved, essentially, you know, CIA and other intelligence agencies were basically protecting the, the trafficking because it was supporting the Contra war effort in the 80s. It was Gary their dark Webb, money fund. Well, it was dark. Exactly. There's a lot of factors and why yeah. the drug trafficking has been going on with with our support covertly, you know, working with mafia elements, going back to the Vietnam War, right? Even actually, well, yeah, the Vietnam War, at least, if not earlier. But the point is that um, when Gary Webb broke the story, it was like his editors backed him to a certain point. And then they just started getting and that was that was more independent, right? Because he was with the Mercury, right? I think it was San Jose Mercury. And LA Times went after him. The uh, New York Times, every other paper went after him, basically, because what? Maybe he had a, a mistake. I mean, every every journalist makes mistakes in the course of their, their their journalism, but they basically just went and tarnished this guy, right? To the place where his own, his own uh, editors who initially backed him had to step in and say, we can't do this anymore, basically. And so he left. I mean, and Gary ended up, you know, whether he was killed or suicided himself. I mean, it was a depressing story for this guy who was such an intrepid journalist going where others didn't dare. And then after he's dead, what, years later, it's a mea culpa of, oh, yeah, you know, he was right. He was right. Yeah, well, you know what? You knew it back then, too, you liars. But you waited so long until the thing basically had lost the danger. Right. So it's like after everyone is out of power and after, you know, it's no longer a dangerous subject, then you a taboo subject. Now you can come out and say, well, Gary actually was right. And we can make a movie about him 20 years later after he's dead. You know, that's the that's that's the reality of how we're operating. But people like myself and others, you know, we have just we're the ones that say, look, we're not going to sit here and, and kowtow to the, to the editor class, to the corporate class and say, well, this is a sensitive subject that we, you know, we might offend you. So we're not going to touch it. And, you know, this is really what happens why, you know, in history, you look back and you start, you, you can see the conspiracies more clearly, but really, if you're, if you're conscious, you can see the conspiracy when it's happening. It's just that, you know, you, you're not going to get acknowledged from the people that are committing the crime. It's that simple. Well, and even they're not even really conspiracies. It's the true reality of what is happening. You know, and people want to fire, right? This yeah. the conspiracy Well, so people have conflated. They've, they've conflated conspiracy with theory, right? Well, conspiracy simply means to conspire to, to basically commit a crime or do something that's, that's you know, in the dark or secretive, right, furtive. That's really what conspiracy is. So the nature of any group of powerful people coming together, let's say two or more people coming together and trying to do something, right, that could be considered, you know, illicit, that could be considered, you know, nefarious or for their own, per their own interest, right? That's conspiracy. That's all it means. Yeah, we conspiracy theory was a was a mockingbird term that came out in what 1954, I believe. Just yeah. you know, label someone with this and go forward. But Sean, we're in this great awakening now, and you know, it, it's probably still a small percentage of the population, but people are really starting to see this now. Uh, it's hard to convey it to your neighbors still, uh, even your loved ones, but people are starting to see this stuff play out in real time, like. You know that this current pandemic we're in, people see it like, okay, hold on, how come my hairdresser's closed, but I can go to Costco, right? You know, it's it, well, and some people don't even think about it, but well, Nancy do, you, Pelosi, do you see a big difference of people awakening and seeing this? You know, it's a yes and no question. Um, we, you know, we debate this all the time um, because 
at one level, it's like, um, you know, we live, my girlfriend and I live in Santa Barbara, which is sort of a little bit more free. I know places like Orange County and others are much more relaxed. You go to LA and it's like the zombie apocalypse and everyone's walking around both in, you know, outside with masks on. I mean, it's like super, super paranoid. And then, you know, we're going to move to Florida because Florida is a, a free state. And so it's almost like we're coming to the civil war issue, right? Where it's like, these are the free states. <laughs> these are the states that basically believe in freedom and not just freedom, but actually like, you know, health, right? It's mm -hmm. we've replaced the idea of health. This is something that is just so fascinating to me and my partner who teaches breath work. And it's like health begins with your breath, with the food you intake, right? With how, you know, the environment that you surround yourself with. That's, this is how, this is where you begin your health. They've now replaced any notion of health with wearing a mask, which is actually one of the least healthy things you can do as a way to, to shortcut the idea that, well, this is the shortcut to, to being safe, which is actually, it's insane. I mean, literally it's insane. It's a mask that's never in history been known to stop a virus, you know, unless you're wearing a hazmat suit, a real, you know, a real, um, you know, suit for, for viruses. A mask has never been known in human history to protect viruses. It's only been ever used even in hospitals for bacteria, right? And spreading a bacteria into open wounds. And so they've taken this idea that wearing a mask is going to get you to health as opposed to the idea of actually, no, taking the mask off and breathing oxygen and really deep breathing is actually much healthier for you than putting that mask on and recycling your own bacteria into your, into your mouth and into, you know, over for hours and on end and uh, restricting your, your oxygen intake. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's a complete inversion, but this is the satanic empire we're facing. Satanism, as Mark Passio and others have talked about for years, it's like Satanism is about inverting nature, right? So everything that is natural law, right? The idea of like starting with your body and your breath. Well, let's take your breath away, right? Let's, let's restrict your breath. Let's, you know, let's focus on this idea of climate change and global warming caused by CO2, which is a natural, which is the most natural non, uh, you know, how do you say, like it, it, they call it a greenhouse gas, but really it's just the most natural oh. gas occurring on this planet, you know. As I said, and we're, we're in a deficiency state right now, but yet they're taxing the air around the world. Right. So exactly. So Not enough this trees. Is what <laughs> yeah. This is what Satanism is. Exactly. It's like, let's attack what is natural to life. What is what is naturally occurring phenomenon. And let's let's invert everything into, you know, the opposite. Right. So it's like wearing a mask now is 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 the is the healthy, normal way to be like, no, how can you not just see the absurdity of this? And people are, they actually have people turning on other people. If you're not wearing a mask, you know, people will come at you now and you know and even attack you you're putting us well, they, in danger also, and that's well, the also, power of the media they've also turned it into a racial thing which is the, the really fascinating thing yeah. is that they've conflated this now again with oh if you're not wearing a mask you must be racist or you know not sensitive to minorities who are more uh susceptible to covid and, <laughs> like and, you're saying, and you're saying they're going well what what would what would be the reasoning for that you know why would minorities be more susceptible to covid Right. I mean, just like this have to do with, well, the fact of like, if we're looking at maybe like uh, blacks and Latinos and having dealing with diabetes and things like this, which are the comorbidity factors, right, in the deaths, then why don't we actually address that? Why don't we actually address the diabetes? Why are we sitting here going, Krispy Kreme is going to give you a free donut if you get vaccinated? <laughs> okay, now we really get the agenda, guys, which is to make you more unhealthy. <laughs> right. 
Well, those, that population too, those populations tend to live in large families together or in, you know, closer um, communities together. So, you know, it's like they're targeted, really targeting those areas, you know, and. But the, listen, the bringing in the racial thing, it goes back, you know, thousands of years. It's divide and conquer. You know, yeah. get the people divided into as many classes. Look, look how many sexes there are now. What is it, 90, you know, different sexes? You know, I still believe there's two, but, you know, I'm maybe I'm ignorant of the modern way. <laughs> well, that's in nature again, against nature. That's right. I was just going to say there was one child I met that was absolutely brilliant with that. Um, he claimed that sexually he was a plant. And you know, with that, he claimed he needed to be at least an hour outside in the sunshine every day. So I was like, this child is brilliant. I wish I had thought of that in high school. But <laughs> so does he have to wear a mask? <laughs> right. I'm like, <laughs> well, it depends on the type of plant he chose to be, I suppose. I know. I was wondering how that was going to work in the end for him. But <laughs> it's just a matter of time before they start, you know, masking the plants because I heard they want to vaccinate the animals, you know, the dogs and pets and things like that. Right. Flu yeah. shots and COVID shots so they can't get you sick. So, how do we fight this satanic cabal, Sean? You, you've been around, you've been researching this. What what can we start to do as people? Obviously, we're trying to get the truth out there, but, you know, is there names? Should we just go to congressmen? Some people are saying start local, but, you know, Jesse and I kind of like to bite the head off a snake if we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesse would, would have as many much insight into fighting it as I would. I think that it, I always look at things as a spiritual war, right? I mean, the truth is that we are in a great awakening, and yet this is all personal at the same time. We can't really know what is the consciousness level of other people. We can only ever know our own consciousness, right? We can only ever know our own, uh, how do you say, we are the re reflection of our own reality in a sense that we're going through, right? So where am I is the question. And this is all that we can really work on. We can work on expanding our own awareness, overcoming our own fears, standing into our own power, because I believe very much that the Aquarian age that we are now in, right, is the end of the Piscean school system where conformity was the norm. The norm was to basically, you know, have gurus and have teachers that were going to give you the, you know, give you information and help you come along in your education process. But now that's over. So the New World Order, and the reason it can't win, because they're designed Piscean age. It's designed for top-down control. You know, there's one government that's going to basically tell you all what to do. And it's like the, the Aquarian age is no, we're standing into our power, right? As the reflections of creation, of the creator of, of God. It's like we are the, you know, the image of God, right? So we are here to basically stand into our power to start to recognize, hey, I have intuition, I have soul knowledge, I have these like this multidimensional form that appears, you know physical but we know is purely energy that's in vibrate vibrating so how can i stand in more and more into my power my my knowing and faith basically deepening faith this is really the only weapon that we have is the deep, the deep faith and knowing that everything that they do cannot prevail in the natural universe right because it is all inversions of nature 
So if you if you're trying to invert nature, I mean, I I said at one point it's like they're trying to create an archonic antiverse, you know, essentially, you know, it's like <laughs> a, you know a completely artificial simulation. And if you look about around, there is a, there is something weird about that, right? Where it's like social distance, stay in your bubble, don't don't socialize, don't gather, stay stay home, just live within a virtual, and then they'll roll out the goggles, and next thing you know, you'll be living full time in virtual systems. And you think about how much time we're spending on screens just in the past year alone, right? Engaging, interfacing through screens, and you're seeing they're going. Well, it's like this is going to become a norm, and especially for those kids growing up. My God, if you're not taking your kids out of schools and they're sitting there eight hours a day with masks, you know, distanced on screens, this will become their normal. It will be like an anti-universe, you know. It will not. It will be an artificial reality. It will not be. It will be very. I think very much at the behest of the artificial intelligence, the archonic. Going back to the Gnostic conception of archons, right? These sort of artificial um, alien parasite rulers, right? That's the idea of what they're creating. But if we, I saw this vision years ago, there's a battle basically between those who will surrender their humanity to become more and more artificial, more and more, more, and more mechanized. It's like the Darth Vader path, right? In Star mm -hmm. Wars, that's the, basically where you, you know, Darth Vader looks like Aleister Crowley for a reason. That's the dark side. That's the black magic. That's what it does to you. Basically, you start to like cop out and say, okay, I want to just let the machines take over and run my life. Or if you're using the dark arts, essentially, as, as Jesse would know, it would basically, it will wear at your soul because your soul is reflected here in this physical appearance as well in this reality, you know, we are reflections of, you know, how do you say energetically reflections of our, of our being. That's why a lot of people in this world that are attractive when they're young and do not honor themselves and honor their body and their being, they wear down very quickly. And that's why they're resorting to what, to the injections, to the artificial, the, the, the implants, the fakeness, right? Because that's all that they can do to, uh, to maintain that a facade in the physical reality. But if you understand the natural, magic the natural like way which is itself you know what it was magic life itself is magic we don't understand how life begins we don't understand where it comes from we don't understand how we have this ability that our bodies right now are, are the grace of god are 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 um metastasizing sorry metastasizing cells and like replicating cells and and breaking down foods and keeping us going and allowing us to like our hearts to beat and us to breathe i mean it's such a fascinating process right of existence that is so magical and that's what we actually have to honor we have to honor the magic of being because when we're naturally being here we're actually tuning in to soul to, to grace to spirit and it's such a it's like a, an amazing world but they don't want us to recognize that they want to to create a materialistic alternate reality where we're sucked in by these illusions of you know perpetual life through robotics <laughs> and surrendering humanity so this is the battle yeah why do you think they want us to stay away from that that knowledge of the spiritual connection or the knowledge of this connection to the spirit world oh why they why do they want us because that's the only way to control us you see so if, if you're art if you basically are trying it's like i go back to the catholic church i look at science now as the modern so-called science real science as we know is just a, a, a way of, in, of inquiry, of investigation, right? It's a methodology, right, of, of inquiring. But the, 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 the new idea of what they're calling science is basically what the Catholic Church was. We are going to intercede between you and God. We're going to intercede between you and spirit. You know what? You're not a good person because this priest says, you know, you've sinned. Come to confession. 
it's now it's science. It's well, you know, you've run your, you know, you're, you're not well here, take this vaccine here, take this drug. Um, you know, here, come consult with me. I will tell you if you're okay or not. I will tell you that you're healthy or not. No. What happened to me knowing my body, knowing what, what, what is good for me. And obviously, yes, we should consult with good doctors or good, you know, caretakers. I really don't like a lot of the doctors are so educated are brainwashed in the medical system that was created by the Rockefeller family in America and this um, materialistic approach to the body. I look at more like I like healers. I like more natural paths. I like people that are more holistic in their approach, at least. Right. Not as not as focused on synthetic drugs, but more like, OK, what is you know, what is a, a holistic approach is, first of all, you know, how do you live your life? How can you you know, what are the what are the herbs and the, you know, the essential ingredients that you're putting into your body to begin with? Right. Food is medicine is the first starting point. But to go back to why, you know, why they want us away from spirituality, because when we are in spirituality, we are what is spirituality. First of all, everything is spiritual. It's actually an illusion that there is a materialism versus a spirituality because the material realm, as, I, as, we're, as we're saying, is pure energy, right? So if you look at what is the material realm, it's based in life itself. It's a naturally occurring thing. Then actually everything at the root of it is spiritual. So they've created a false dichotomy of material materialism, right? And they've created this idea of, oh, it's church versus uh, religion, right? I'm sorry, religion versus science. They've created that uh, that false dichotomy. It's um, it's Dar you know it's like Dar you have to be Darwinian or you believe in God, right? There's like there's they've created these false uh, dualities, and so the point of that false duality is again making people making people believe in materialism. Look at the the essence of materialism to me. It's like the fullest expression is China right now, where China is like okay everyone is basically in a in a more more or less a conformist modality of but they're looking to make money they're looking to to prosper but they really have no uh compunction you could say like they don't really care when it comes to any ethical bounds right it's just purely about the material success right that's pure materialism there's no ethics there's no morality there's no consequence there's no care consideration right these are all and, things and just to be clear for the audience you're talking about the leadership not not the people in general no i'm talking about the ethos of communist China. Yes. And, and I've seen it. I've been having spent time there. What I'm saying is there is in China a problem when it comes to this materiality. It has been, it has been part, as I say, it has been imbu it's imbued into the culture right now. That's why the, 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 C, you know, the communist party won't allow spirituality to exist in China. They don't even, you know, it's like, what do they do? They persecute Buddhists. They persecute Taoists. They persecute, you know, anyone that, ha that, pr that practices any kind of spirituality. They don't allow it in their movies. They don't allow it in their culture. So it's, it's basically the population is being starved of spirituality and it's going to cause unless there's a spiritual revolution if people go along with this materialism it will decay the entire population because no matter how intelligent you can become if you don't have uh, an ethics a spiritual morality behind it it's it becomes satanic you see that and that's what overall what we're looking at is this, not just in china i'm saying globally we're looking at an idea that the mind is more powerful the brain is more powerful than the heart and this has very much been the ethics of our ruling class that's why they've been allowed to you know sociopaths have been allowed to take over because they don't have the heart they're not here for the heart it's all illusion to them that's this is all about mind this is a mind game it's a chess game 
You know, if they can win, that's all that matters, right? And that's what we've seen in greed, the greed of, you know, the greed of the pirates of, you know, of Wall Street, of the corporatocracy, of, you know, those that would destroy the planet, you know, and, and not just the planet, really, more of human life, let's say, our ability to live on this planet. They don't care about anyone except themselves. So, again, this goes back to spirituality. When you're a spiritual being, you're sensitive to the consequence of your actions. You're sensitive to other people's feelings. You're sensitive to being having a balance between giving and taking right that's what spirituality is it's not this this false materialist ethos that they're perpetuating and they're of course they're giving lip service to the idea of being a good person wearing a mask being a good person but actually if you understand what you know what's really at stake here it's not the good person that's going to conform simply to what the overlords tell you to do That's right. And they use that term a lot, good person. You know, if you want to be a good person, you will, you know, and that comes out in so many things. They define what makes you a good person as well, you know, which and is then repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Yeah. Mindless, you know, robotic obedience. Obedience. And, and they do it because it works. Yeah. And it has worked. But, you know, Sean, I think you said something quite brilliant and, you know, that their plan cannot succeed and we are coming into a new age. So how, how do you see that this new age of aquarium coming on, coming upon society in general and rolling out? And how long do you think it'll last? Well, we, I mean, we know the ages, right? I mean, this is just in the stars. So it's like a 2000 year period. We're just at the beginning of it. But I think I feel that the consciousness shift that we're experiencing this you know it's it's it was predicted right it was always talked about right the end of the age that was spoken of this is the end times of the piscean age so the end time calls for this this new world order you know satanic empire but it it only lasts for a moment right it's like they have to roll out and it feels you know to me it feels like they have no power behind them that's why the biden administration feels like such a fraud such an illegitimate thing you know the guy doesn't even make a state of the union address is this really the president I mean, this guy like stumbling down up the stairs is really your president. Do you believe that? I think that it has to. Yeah. So just real quick, because of your film uh, accreditations, could they really CGI him in front of Marine One and all that stuff like people have been saying on these channels? You know, you know, the CGI technology is very powerful, right? I mean, literally, you right now you could do a video of you could have a, a camera set up right on a street. And live, you could have a helicopter landing on that street and there would be no helicopter. It's just, it would be a live CGI that would look just like a helicopter landing on that street. I mean, and this is a technology that's given to the public. The military and the, the deep state, so-called, and the secret space program and like the, the, the secret elements within our government, you don't think they've had this technology for decades? I mean, think about 9-11 and the question of whether or not those planes were actual commercial planes that hit the buildings and what actually hit the buildings. I mean, just think about it. It's very, Did anything hit the buildings? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, this is one of those questions as far as at least if I, you know, from interviewing John Lear, you know, his uh, dad was did, did the Learjet, you know, his argument is the 747 or 767, whatever they were, could not have hit those buildings because they would have broken apart at that altitude at that speed it would not have penetrated the building. So even if they replaced it with some other kind of, you know, missile or plane, it would not have been those commercial airliners that were told. told and, and, and there's not a pilot who could have done that maneuver. 
No, no. I mean, we know we know they had the Global Hawk technology that could pilot planes remotely, right? We knew that they had that before this attack. So there was no way. I always tell people, there's no way you're going to tell me that a pilot, with especially blind, without any kind of tracker, like had a, they were because they shut off the uh, tracking systems and whatnot, that you could basically it's like <laughs> it would basically be like um, how do you say? It would be like launching a hole in one yeah. <laughs> on a on a 500 foot, 500 yard course or something, right? I mean, just like taking one swing and being like landing a hole in one. I mean, just come on. <laughs> um, and, and twice, by the way, because both pilots had to pull it off. So um, anyway, the point is that the technology is there to do this kind of stuff. And do I think that Biden, you know, is really the president? I think this is about awakening people still. This is about taking the power back and you're going to see it in phases. So for example, like states like Texas saying, your border uh, policy is unconstitutional. We're going to challenge you. Um, other states, you know, coming together on other, you know, other executive order issues. Like um, I heard uh, Missouri and a few other states are suing around his uh, attempt to like shut down what, like natural gas production. Or I mean, basically, he's trying to shut down certain industries, right, because of the Green Deal policies. So he's initiating not- the destruction of America, essentially. Well, Every policy that they put out, including right. from Congress. Right. And so the point is that when they do this, it actually, in a way, it's empo- it forces us and emboldens us to fight back, right? It's like almost that whole idea that, you know, fundamentally, I believe the dark serves the light. You know, there's to me, there's one, there's one creator. And so everything that's in creation ultimately has to serve that creator. And so the dark side is essentially forcing us to step what? Into our power, into our light. So it's like, no matter how much we can say, well, you know, the devil maybe do it. It's like, no, the devil's there to tempt you. The devils are there to, to basically, you know, offer that, that route. And if you follow that route, that's your choice, but this is a free will universe. So they're there to actually tempt you or or make you stronger. If you can resist it or say, you know what, I've had enough with this reality that is increasingly uh, destroying our way of life. And we're going to stand up into our power. And in the process, I think we're going to end up as as a stronger people. Because we're, we're balancing the left and the right brain, right? So at one level, the left brain was the so-called science, enlightenment, logic, right? And the right brain, which has been largely cut off from us, especially the last few thousand years, which is more imaginative, which is more sensitive. They saw you know, the, the, the feminine mind, right? Uh, more intuitive. That's been cut out from a lot of our society, right? It's been sort of mocked and discarded, the sensitivity. And now we're in a place where actually it's all about sensitivity. It's like, I feel this way and everyone just feels a certain way and that's becoming the mainstream thing in a way. So the balance of the two is gonna be critical where it's like, okay, you can have your feelings, you can have your perspective, but you can also have logic and we can come to a reasonable conclusion ultimately becoming more both you know, left and right brain, more uh, sensitive and not just you know, domineering with one way of looking at the world. We can be more, you know, more sensitive to other people's perspectives. And I think it'll create a better reality for all of us. Yeah, well said. <laughs> so, you know, there was a incident this week with the, the mass shooting in Colorado and it's it, just feeding onto your point. I think everything that they're doing right now is working against them. And, and here's how I say that, uh, whether you believe, whatever you believe what happened in Colorado at that grocery store, well, that's up to you to make the determination. But on the news, they've made it a story that conspiracy theorists are calling this a false flag. And what's interesting right now 
if you look in what's trending in searches and stuff, everyone's like, what does false flag mean? <laughs> right? So, you know, and, and then they're going to find all these different stories, you know, and uh, yeah. so everything is, what's what's been intended for bad is actually turning around and, it, and it's all happened since Mr. T's presidency. Like, honestly, like it's, it's been pretty it's been incredible. You know, I always, I always felt like Trump was a symptom more than anything. You know, I don't know ultimately what his destiny will lead to next, you know, because uh, he is he is such a, a voice that if he, you know when he does a, a social media platform, he can be more influential than Biden. I mean, come on. But when when Trump speaks, 100 million people still listen. When Biden speaks, no one knows what he's saying. So <laughs> and he gets about a thousand people and they're all press on the yeah. online exactly. watching. In the nursing home, when we work in there, we call that word salad, you know, because it's so mixed up, you just can't make sense out of any of it, you know. <laughs> Dude, it's like, yeah, okay, give me a pat on the back. And uh, no, I mean, we, um, you know, I say we are awakening regardless. It's just, and, and like, it's like you said, the, the, the media at this point, every time they try to discount something, you're actually helping to consciousness to awaken, even if people don't realize it even if they don't realize that they're expanding their awareness, they are. So, the, you know, the 322 event, I haven't even looked into it. I didn't even know it ex had happened until someone told me. And I was like, oh, 322, of course, 322 is what? The Skull and Bones number. And that was the date of the shooting. And so, of course, there's going to be questions around um, who set it up. False flag is actually, people say false flag a lot when actually they're not meaning false flag. False flag is simply a term, or I should say, Fake versus false flag are two different things, right? So some events are fake where they literally have uh, blood gags and you know no no one actually dies, but they create the illusion of a, of a shooting, right? Or, or maybe sometimes I think they augment actual shootings with 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 actors to make it really confusing. But a false flag is simply it's an old pirate term, right? Going back to the pirates piracy era when. The British and the French and the French and the Spanish and the Dutch were all competing basically for for colonies, right? And so, especially the French and I'm sorry, the English and the Spanish were at war. And so, like Francis Drake, for example, the famous pirate of England, he would basically go out there and raid um, Spanish vessels, right? But let's say he wants to attack the Spanish, is he going to wave the British flag and attack the Spanish? That would be an act of war. Right. So instead, it's like you would basically where you'd either fly, fly a pirate flag or you'd fly a French flag. Right. Mm -hmm. And then attack the Spanish, because that's why it's called a false flag. So the Spanish would think, oh, the French just attacked us and they would go to war with France. I mean, this is just all this one of the oldest tricks of the book. Yeah. So I love that people, you know, think that this is some kind of like conspiracy thing, which is false flags have been around forever. And question of, you know whoever commits a crime, I mean, there's always that. And I say, whenever there's a mass shooting or a assassination or whatnot, you have to ask these questions. This is just, this is a standard procedure. If you're an investigator, you would ask these questions. And this is what we do actually in the documentary, The Best Kept Secret upcoming. We, we, we elucidate certain events maybe that people thought that they knew about or maybe never even heard about, but like even JonBenet Ramsey, for example, we talk a little bit about, about that murder and how, um, you know, to, speaking of false flag or, well, actually they never charged anyone. So we don't really know who, you know, who is guilty, but we start to elucidate and, and raise this issue of um, networks, basically networks of powerful people, cabals that you could, the cabal that does traffic in, in children and, uh, and oftentimes, you know, is involved in the murder of children, or at least those networks, you know, ultimately, you know, 
have children killed. And um, I think this, this documentary will do a lot for helping people understand the Q stuff because the problem with Q is that it's not really been elucidated in a way that people can grasp it, right? For let's say, if you already understand conspiracies, it's like, yeah, you know, are, there, are elites involved in, you know, in human trafficking and, you know, are kids, you know, ritualistically killed? And we've known about this for a long time. But if you just tell us to other people, they're like, oh, you're, you're saying Hillary Clinton eats babies. That's so insane. It's like, well, is it really that insane? If you think about how close she was, you know, and especially their foundation with Epstein and what Epstein was involved with. And then, you know, what do we know about these networks, you know, beyond Epstein and what, what they're involved with? Are these really that difficult to understand? So you have to kind of break it down for people. I hope this documentary helps with that. Well, and one of the one of the challenges you'll have is some people just can't even fathom that there is this type of evil on the earth. Yeah, that I I'm surprised. I mean, you know, can we really not fathom that evil exists, or we just we just don't want to associate it with anyone that we might consider respectable, or you know, we well, want to keep you know. That place. I think account. people would say cannibals exist, but they only exist in some rural jungle down in South America or something like that. You wouldn't think of these elites. No, they're way too refined. They have too much. Surely everyone would know they're followed by paparazzi. They're, you know, right. and, and so there, a lot of people just will not entertain these types of thoughts. And, and listen, I, I have family members that won't even entertain these types of thoughts and sure. you know they've lived around me for a long time so sure. uh, how do you overcome that in the documentary uh with the preponderance of evidence in cases that are that are no, that are known but you, it's like you see what i've always noticed in life i'm really good at puzzles and like patterns right and i think that a lot of people have cognitive dissonance it's called you know essentially it's like they'll they'll recognize it in one capacity or one case, but then they can't recognize it in another, right? Or they forget. Memory is another big issue. I mean, United States of amnesia, as Gorbidal used to call it. So if like it's like if you can thread things in a way that this connects to that, connects to that, then people start to get it, right? So it's like you know, go back going back to COVID, you know. So we go from a place where it's like we know government lies and media lies, but when it comes to COVID, all of a sudden, yeah, whatever they say, I'm going to believe just because you're what in your state of fear. But that's I'm just going to trust the doctors. Yeah. I mean, that how long does that fear state last? I mean, you know, maybe a few days, a week. I mean, you're really living for a year of your life, like with a mask on, you think that you're safe and healthy. It just, it's insane to me. Like how people can live in fear states for prolonged periods of time is pretty powerful. <laughs> and and so when when is this planning to come out this new, newest documentary and where will people be able to find it so i'm working with it i'm working with uh, robert david Steele. um so some of the interviews are available like already just just if they're curious um at satanic empire.com or um on my website on my sorry my youtube channel um and then the documentary should be out by like june one. Oh, nice right. that's coming in pretty quick and how yeah. are you going to release it? Where, where is it going to just be on the social media platforms or? Um, I don't know yet. I think uh, we'll probably put it behind a paywall on like, a, you know, maybe like a bit shoot YouTube, that kind of thing. We're not sure exactly yet. Yeah. Well, I think you're probably going to have to with the information that's contained in it. Yeah. Right. Even, even free platform, even platforms like Rumble now are taking down videos. So really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about Rumble. Why is that? 
same thing, censorship, hate speech, things like that. Not nearly as common, but uh, there's been a couple of guys who have had their videos taken down already. Uh, mind you, this, you know, uh, Mike Lindell has a new platform coming out called Frank Speech. And that he I said that. I want to be on the Trump platform. What's the Trump platform going to be? <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know yet, but it looks like we have another one coming up. And, you know, who knows if they'll even be connected, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. But it's good to have the options, that's for sure. Right. So, Jesse, any final questions for Sean? No, I, I mean, this is good and I'm excited about it. You yeah, know, and I'm, you're actually in it as well, Jesse. Yeah, so. I well, we don't know about the editing yet, though. Sean, <laughs> did, did she make it past the edit? Is she in? Yes. Is she in the audience's reality? Yes. No. You'll she'll be in it. It's like, okay. just I, I think it's uh it's important. We're not gonna we can't put too much because honestly, we can literally get into a whole conversation just on. And I told her this. I think you know just on the portals and like the nature of I guess we call it portals, but like the energy battles essentially. And I told her I said you know, you got to write a script or something. We got to make this into a TV show or a, a, you know, really a cool, like an illuminating, illuminating, not in, the, not in the negative sense, in the positive sense, illuminating TV show for people to understand how this, this reality is, how it works, because, you know, it, it almost sounds like a Harry Potter movie, right? When you, <laughs> when you hear the story and yet. I mean, it does, um, we, we brought out some of it this weekend, you know, this past couple weekends, we've been in the heavenlies warring and uh, Jeff, that's where at the beginning, you know, my nickname from yesterday, he was teasing me and announced, you know, newly divorced from Satan because in that battle, like the Lord allowed me to serve Satan a divorce certificate on behalf of all those in the darkness. So that's where he was teasing from. But that was the reality. You know, the Lord was claiming back the land. He's been stripping our, our spiritual enemy of all of his rights and abilities and, you know, that would make an epic TV show or documentary or movie, you know. <laughs> you know I got a message um, a year ago, just about April last year, uh, April, late April, early May. And it came through so clearly. I put it on my YouTube channel and it was basically like a message to the, like all the black magicians. Just stop. It's over for you. It was just coming through so strong. It's like your magic, it's not going to work anymore. And it's just going to compound your own, you know, your own suffering. Like, just don't do it. And yeah, literally that clip is on my YouTube somewhere. <laughs> well, we, we can actually confirm that. that yeah, uh, April 24th was the day that I was supposed to perform in one of the end time rituals and hand the system over to the Antichrist. Last year? Yep. April 24th, 2020. Yeah. And it did not happen. That ritual did not take place. Well, let me check the date. Maybe I can find it here. Yeah, that'd and, be interesting. And when we look at things like the the inauguration of Joe Biden, uh, there was it was set up almost like a ritual, and and it had no power. They made so many mistakes. We covered it on this show. Yeah, I was it, laughing about that because I mean, you know, I mean, when I was growing up in the system, you know, we we prepared. I mean, back then that was you know in the early '80s, they were preparing for the end time rituals that are happening now, and you know, it's so meticulous, so precise. And watching that inauguration, I mean, I was laughing my butt off. I was like, my God, 
Satan's going to kill them all because they have screwed up so badly. And I even, you know, I mean, I even had to say to him, I was like, you know, you've killed people for less Satan. I mean, <laughs> that that was just really bad. I can't understand how you're letting that go by and, and letting them all live. I mean, you know, so <laughs> it's crazy. The way, yeah. Well, I, I just sent it to you guys. April 1st. It was April, April 1st last year. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and, uh, it came through very strong and very loud. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like almost. I'll that, put that link in the description. Uh, you know, I don't know if you could, if this resonates, but I feel like the essence of uh, the es the essential Lucifer, like the fallen, mm -hmm. actually like uh, an aspect has basically re like returned uh, to the to to heaven. So essentially, like there is like there is basically this divide within the fallen, those that actually wanted to reascend <clears throat> or return to the heavens um are basically doing so and then those the dark forces that are left behind are essentially the minions and the lower frequency lower density ones that were almost like you know the lesser devils in a sense and they've been now vying for power and they're trying to basically take over but they actually don't have any strength behind them any power like the true the true conflict has already been won and a lot of the integration has already occurred from a lot of dark a lot of demons i don't know this came through a few years ago i don't know if i <coughs> basically in, in uh, 2012 Right up to 2012, 2011, 2012 time period, 2011 time period, right before 2012, there was a psychic that um, I won't name her because she's been out there on my labs and that kind of stuff. And we were doing some like energy work in New York and she would like call me all the time and be like, uh, Beelzebub is here or Baal is here or Asmodeus is here. One of these demons is like just showing up and crying and they're like, like they're like basically like really confused and lost and they want to go home <laughs> and like literally this happened like four or five times and like it was like this like it was like i would talk this demon through and it was like screaming and like then it would like go back to the light and turn into an angel <laughs> jesse what do you think about that i don't know i'm gonna have to think about that sean that's, but, that's but you know what jesse i said there, there there might be something to it because you and i were discussing you know an interesting role of apollon Yes, yes. And, you know, although, you know, he's known to be as a destructive demon type guy, it, at the end of Revelation, he's actually working for God, you know, or yeah. doing what God has instructed him to do. So maybe there's some something to be said there with that, Sean. Maybe some of these are going it's back. I, I don't know. know. I mean, when I met him, you know, Apollon, he was uh, very... <laughs> You know, I mean, you couldn't have get, gotten more evil. I mean, it was so bad that, you know, I was like, hold on, um, you know, wanting to just like run away and, you know, not have anything to do with the individual who had this being. Um, but then, you know, it's like you come to that passage in Revelations 20 and it says, who binds Satan in the last day? Who throws him into the pit? Opens up and, the gates of hell. Yeah, so... So obviously he, either way we know, he, you know, they're bound to do God's will no matter what, but it's an interesting concept of, you know, is there redemption? Is there yeah. you know, light for these beings, you know? Oh, I think we've lost your audio, Sean. I was saying, why not? I think everything can be, I think everything in, in this universe can be redeemed if it, you know, if, it so chooses and ultimately there has to be some level of either separation or ascension right 
and that's where I think we are as a, as a humanity. It's like either you're going to separate into an alternate uh, reality of being roboticized and, you know, I don't even know, <laughs> just losing your free will or you choose, you know, you, if you choose life, you're going to have to ascend with this process. There's no way around it. I don't feel that. I feel like this is part of what separation is, you know, lead from the chaff, all that this time period that's spoken of. It's like, this is the ga the, the gathering of souls, those that want to go into this new phase of, of existence and those that really just are not ready for it. They're not matured enough. Um, you know, they'll be separated in some, some way, whether they choose to leave this existence completely or be, you know, again, lose their capacity for free will. Um, I just don't see humans staying at this level of enslavement longer, you know, as we have been for thousands of years. Well, Jesse and I firmly believe that we're in the great harvest. We're right at the beginning of it. And you know, that's really what the great awakening is. Yes. in many ways yes it, it, because it is a, always a spiritual thing everything in the physical is created started and done in the spiritual before it manifests here on earth everything yes yes so. no, and, and, us, and honestly um the evolution process even the reptilians i you know i can tell you not all of them necessarily but there are plenty of reptilians that actually want to evolve and are basically at that place of saying okay let's we're ready for this next cycle. We're ready to basically evolve in consciousness and not stay at that level any longer. And that's the beauty of, of, uh, of time, how like these are a lot of experiments that have taken place through time. And, and at a certain point, you know, people, you know, I say beings do decide to, to, to shift course and to shift path, path away from the dark side because they know the only end having, it's like this came through recently. I was like, you know, I miss a lot of these beings. I know them for a long time, some of these dark ones. And I'm like, I'm very sad to see them choosing this path because their only end for this service to self is the black hole. It's oblivion. And it's very sad to see that they are making the wrong choice. But not all of them are. Not all dark beings are. There are, there are dark beings that, ha that have chosen to evolve and will be coming back basically to make amends. Well, that's certainly interesting for me to even consider, uh, Sean. I will say I'm going to really think about that. And quite honestly, my hope is that there is redemption for those beings as well. You know, why not? Listen, hell is eternity. You know, it's eternity. So eternity isn't like just some of eternity. It's all of eternity. And, you know, we don't want to see anything uh, end up there. But you know what? If, uh, if God is that gracious to us, maybe we just don't know about it because we don't need to know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. Well, Sean, listen, it's been great. We've kept you for the full hour. I appreciate you coming on. You're a fantastic guest. You're super smart. You're very well smoke spoken. Uh, you're incredibly talented. We thank you for the work. We will let the audience know, or perhaps we'll get you to come back on again at the time of promotion for your, for your new movie, the best yeah. kept secret. We'll uh, we'd love to have you come back on about it and discuss it further. Uh, is, is, do you want me to give out your social media credentials or really my press credentials? No social media. Yeah. Uh, seanstone.info. Uh, and Instagram, but, Instagram, the real Sean stone, uh, watching Sean on Twitter. And, uh, I don't know. People can figure out the rest. YouTube, <laughs> my Sean stone, uh, YouTube channel. Yes. Which uh, I subscribe to. You do great interviews as well, by the way. I'm a, I'm a good, I'm a fan. You do great work. And we'll do another one, Jesse, soon. Basically, we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to get get into deeper deeper terrain even than we did last time. So 
Right. <laughs> well, one can of worms at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we do it three times a week, Jesse. <laughs> too many cans of worms. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep up with some of this stuff, I'll tell you. Well, listen, thank you for coming on, Sean. Thank you as well, Jesse. You've been watching Right On Radio. We've had our guest for the famous Sean Stone. We're looking forward to his movie coming out, The Best Kept Secret. So remember, until next time, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.